Uh, if you've got a Bible and you want to open it to Acts chapter 10, that's where I'm going to read from this morning. And let me kind of set this up. <clears throat> Several weeks ago, I began to read the book of Acts. Now, I've read the book of Acts before. I've studied the book of Acts before. But honestly, it's been a while since I read it. And as I began to read it, it really began to minister to me and to encourage me. And so I'm going to share a message with you out of the book of Acts this morning. But before I do that, I would like to invite you to read the book of Acts with me. I'm going to begin to read it again starting tomorrow. There's 28 chapters. And if you would read a chapter a day, it takes two or three minutes to read a chapter. And then at the end of 28 days or about a month, you will have finished the entire book. Now, I began to read it, and it really began to minister to me and encourage me. <clears throat> you know how sometimes you know a lot about the Bible, but it's been a while since you've read something. Well, as I read the book of Acts, it really encouraged me. So I want you to join with me, and I want you to read it with me. Acts chapter 2, if you're familiar at all with the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, Jesus has died, Jesus is raised from the dead, Jesus is ascending to heaven, the uh, Jewish followers are in the upper room, and they're celebrating the feast of Passover, which is a Jewish feast, and they're up there, and uh, it, when they're there in the upper room, the Holy Spirit comes and fills the room, fills them, they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they begin to speak in other tongues. As they do that, they spill down the stairs and out into the courtyard, out into the street. And as they're out there, uh, people begin to notice a crowd gathers and there's some accusations that, hey, the, these guys are drunk. <clears throat> and somebody says, no, they're not drunk as you think. Okay. They're filled with the Holy Spirit and the gospel is preached and a whole lot of people got saved. Now, here's what I want you to understand about that. Primarily, that was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for the Jews. Now, here's what I want you to understand about the Jews, okay? When Jesus came, there's two groups of Jews. Group number one, they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. They don't believe he's the Son of God. They're glad he was crucified. They're glad that he paid for his crimes, so to speak. And the word spreading that he's been raised from the dead is just a rumor, and they don't believe it. Group number two. They've heard the gospel and they believed. When I was 12 years old, I heard the gospel and I believed. The pastor came to our home and he shared the good news of the gospel. And I said yes to Jesus. There's a whole group of Jewish people who've received Christ as their savior and they're born again. But both of those groups believe the same thing. They believe, whether they believe in Jesus or they don't believe in Jesus, they think God's message is only for the Jews. They can't imagine that even though Jesus died, that that message is for the Gentiles or the Greeks. That's us, okay? We were considered by the Jewish nation, us, as dogs. We were considered as unclean people. And they couldn't imagine that God had a plan for the rest of the world. They couldn't imagine that the gospel was for anybody but them. <clears throat> now, I'm not trying to say anything negatively against the Jewish people. I just want you to understand where they were coming from. The reason I want you to understand that is because I'm going to start reading in Acts chapter 10, verse 1. I'm going to read the New Living Translation, and here's what I want to do. I just want to read you the story. 
I'm not going to tell you the story. I want the Bible to speak for itself. Then I want you to hear the story out of the Word of God. And then I'm going to make some comments as I go along. Excuse me. Let me get a drink. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon at about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. Now stop right there. Obviously, this isn't a fat little angel with a bow, right? Okay, this is enough of an angel that it scares a Roman army officer, and there was not very much that scared Roman soldiers, okay? There were two things known about Roman soldiers, and that was their brutality and their bloodlust, okay? They were involved in the crucifixion of Christ, and those guys were not to be messed with. But he sees this angel, and it frightens him. Let me continue to read. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel, and the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Stop right there. Okay, here's the first amazing thing I want you to see in this story. Okay, Cornelius is not a Christian. He's never heard the gospel. He doesn't know anything about the gospel. You see, you've heard the gospel. And frankly, myself included, we can take that good news for granted. He's never heard the gospel. He's also not a Jew. So he's not a Jew and he's not a Christian. But he does two things. He prays and he gives. Now it says in there that he helped the poor. And it says in there that he was a giver regularly. Then it says he prayed regularly. Here's what I want you to see. Here's what the angel told him. Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Here's the truth I want to convey to you. First thing in this story. Cornelius prayed to God and the angel said, every time you give, every time you pray, God receives it in heaven as an offering. That encourages me. Now, I know God hears us when we pray. We all believe that. We're Christians. But I know sometimes the attack of the enemy in our life can be, oh, God's busy. God's not interested. God's not listening. But it says right there that a man who was not even a Christian and who was not a Jew was praying to God. And the angel came and told him, hey, God wanted me to come and tell you that your giving and your prayers have been received in heaven by God as an offering. Now, if you gave in the offering this morning... Or if you give online, God receives that giving in heaven as an offering. You're not giving to Rusty. You're not giving to Tui Christian Fellowship. You're giving to God. Pretty amazing. Okay, and Curtis said it before. I'm not asking you to give. Our church is not asking you to give. God is asking you to give. So every time you give, every time you're generous, every time you help somebody, every time you give to the kingdom of God and you help support Ground Zero and Power Kids and all that we do, listen, we took men to men's retreat who couldn't afford to go because y'all are givers and we were able to help pay their way. God received that in heaven. Isn't that amazing? So when you're in Amarillo and the guy on the street corner is holding the sign up, And he says, uh, I need $10. And he has his GT500 Mustang hidden behind McDonald's. 
I know you all thought that just like I have, right? Don't help those guys. They're lying, right? Okay, but that, that aside, <clears throat> when you decide to help somebody, whether it's helping somebody on the street corner or being a blessing to somebody, I, I, I think even it could include a tip. When you tip a waitress, when you're a blessing to someone, it says right there in that verse that God receives it in heaven as an offering. Wow. Here's the second thing. Every time you pray, whether you pray for a minute, whether you pray for five minutes, the time doesn't matter. But when you cry out to God in prayer, listen, I got up this morning and I prayed. And I prayed for you, I prayed for this service, I prayed for our church. Then I have a list of other churches and other pastors I pray for. It says right here in this verse that when I pray, God received my prayers in heaven as an offering. He does the very same thing with you. Listen, let me encourage you to pray. Hey, I don't know how to pray, Pastor. I don't know the right way, I don't know the ins and outs. No, no, none of that matters. Just talk to God. And it says right there, when you do, he receives it. Now, let me keep reading the story. Let me read you that one last time. An angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now, send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner, who lives near the seashore. Now, this is just a story. As soon as that happened, but he's just conveying a story. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius's messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. He's waiting for lunch to get ready. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Excuse me. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. A voice said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter declared. I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. The sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house and were standing outside the gate. Stop right there. Now, here's what I want you to understand about this. Peter has a vision. The Jews had very strict dietary laws. And they were required by God to eat certain things and not eat certain things. And he's up on the roof praying, waiting for lunch. And this sheet, vision of this sheet down with all these different animals. And God says, hey, get up, kill something and eat it. And he says, nuh-uh, I'm not going to eat anything unclean. Here's what God says. God says, don't say anything I made is unclean. Now, this vision has nothing to do with food. What it has to do with is Cornelius. Because you see, Cornelius is a Gentile and Peter is a Jew. And Cornelius has got guys that have showed up at Peter's house and they're going to knock on the door and they're going to say, Cornelius wants you to come to his house. And Peter would have said, I'm not going to his house. He's a dog. He's a Gentile. And I'm not going to help him in any way at all. But God gives him this vision to help him understand this isn't for just you, it's for everybody else. But... Since we're talking about food, we are talking about food, right? 
<clears throat> Are y'all hungry? Since we're talking about food, I just want to read you a verse. Uh, I just want to chase a rabbit, if you'll let me. Can I chase a rabbit? Okay. I want to read to you out of 1 Timothy 4. Listen to this. Now, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, that's what we're living in, some will turn away from the true faith. They'll follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Whoa. That's pretty strong language, isn't it? All right, listen to what he says. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. This is a pretty bad group. They will say it's wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. Now, stop right there. If anybody tells you you don't need to get married, the verses I just read say they're teaching the doctrines of demons. Isn't that what it said? All right, do I need to go back and read it again? All right, y'all looked at me like, Pastor, that's not what it said. Okay, these people follow deceptive spirits and they teach things that come from demons. They're hypocrites, they're liars, and their consciences are dead. How do I know who these people are, Lord? Well, they'll tell you that it's wrong to get married. Wow. I need to not preach this too long, do I? I just need to kind of move on. Okay, it says that uh, they'll tell you it's wrong to get married and that it's wrong to eat certain foods, but... God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks, for we know it's made acceptable by the word of God in prayer. Why did I read that? Here's something very simple I want you to understand. As a believer in Jesus Christ, before you eat, you ought to pray over your food. Don't do it to be religious. Don't do it so people will notice that you're praying. Why should you do it? Because the Word of God says that you can eat anything. Okay, Ashley used to teach at Eastridge Elementary in Amarillo, and there were kids there from how many different nations? 26, 27 different nations that came as refugees to America. And they would have food, was it food day? They would have food day. Well, anytime there's food day, I'm going, okay? If you have food day at your house on Facebook, I'm coming, all right? So they had food day. Well, folks, they had some strange things, things I'd never seen before, things I'd never smelled before, okay? Uh, it was like I, don't, I, don't, I, I wanted to try some things, but I didn't know if I could eat it, and it was like I don't, I don't know about that. Now, listen to me very carefully. The Bible says that everything was created by God, and whatever you fix to eat, pray over it. And as you pray over it, God will sanctify it by his word and by prayer and that you can eat it. And there's not anything that you can't eat because it's wrong or it's not right to eat it. Now, why does that matter? Well, in our culture today, people can have fears about food. People can have fears about things that involve food. Oh, I can't eat that because that's bad, or I can't eat this because there's something wrong with that. The Bible says if you can pray over it, you can eat it. Now, I'm not telling you to cast the calories out of a cheeseburger, okay? <clears throat> you, you can't do that, right? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is you don't have to have fear. And as a Christian, y'all are laughing over there thinking about cheeseburgers, right? <clears throat> All I want you to know is you can pray over your food. God will bless it and you can eat it. Let me go back to verse 17 in Acts chapter 10. Peter was perplexed. What could this vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house standing outside the gate, and they asked if a man named Peter was staying there. Verse 19. 
Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzled over the vision, the Holy Spirit said, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, I've sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. Stop right there. In those days, that could scare you. Okay, that could scare you. Oh, what, what have I done? What do the Romans want with me? Because it, it could not end up good. He is a devout and God-fearing man, and he's well-respected by the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message, the message of the gospel. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his house, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, stand up. I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Cornelius gets all of his friends and family. They're all in the house and they're all waiting for Peter to get there. Listen to what happens. Peter told them, you know it is against our law for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. All right, that's what the vision was about. Hey, rise and kill. No, Lord, I'm not hanging out with anything unclean. Then he's going to this Gentile Roman soldier's house, and Peter realizes, hey, I'm not supposed to do this, but God said it was okay. Are you with me? All right, let me keep reading. Look what happens. God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent. Now tell me why you sent for me. Stop right there. Peter preaches the gospel to Cornelius' house. Here's what I want you to imagine this morning. Imagine if the gospel was not for everybody. Imagine if you were the wrong nationality, you were the wrong color, you were the wrong sex, you, were the, you weren't financially able, and that we had a couple of big people at the door, and they decided who got in and who didn't get in. Okay, now I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but how many of you have been in a place before that had a bouncer? Yeah, don't raise your hand, okay? Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? You've been in those places where there was somebody big, and if you acted up, they tossed you out, right? Okay, but some of those places are so fancy that they actually have people at the door and they decide who gets in and who doesn't get in. Now, here's what I want you to see in your own life. Think how blessed you and I are that the gospel, the good news, is for us. And we take that for granted. I take it for granted. Imagine if it wasn't for everyone. If there was some way that God or God's people could exclude you and keep you away from the good news. That's exactly what's going on with Peter and Cornelius. Peter didn't think the gospel was for anybody but the Jews. And he wasn't even going to step into his house because of his racism and his bigotry. I can't come in your house. I don't want to hang out with you. All right, let me keep reading. Listen to what happens. Cornelius replied, four days ago, I was praying in my house at about three o'clock in the afternoon, and suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me, and he told me, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard, and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Oh, stop right there. All right, there it is again. You see how he mentions it again? What does he say? Hey, uh, your prayers and your giving have been noticed by God. 
Now listen, don't miss this. This is uh, I don't know about you, but this encourages me. Have you ever tried to get anybody's attention that you needed for them to do something in your life? Maybe somebody that was uh, maybe a higher rank than you or more important than you or, or somebody at your job, maybe your boss, but you have somebody in your life you need to get their attention and they won't give you their attention. Listen to what this says. It says right here that God noticed. That's exactly what it says. Now listen to it. It says your prayers and your giving have been noticed. Listen, when you pray, the God of the universe notices. Amen. Isn't that good? You ever been somewhere where there was somebody more important than you? <clears throat> right? When Vicky and I, many years ago, we went to Miami, Florida for a training for a parenting class that we were doing. And it was in Miami and it was right there at South Beach. Okay, there's a large Jewish population in South Beach. In South Beach, the man that taught it lived down there. And so we went to his office for this training. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to South Beach before, but that's where all the beautiful hotels are and all the beautiful people are. And I mean, it's this crazy wild place. And Vicky and I, I'm a hillbilly. Vicky's classier than me. She's down there. Well, she wanted to go into these hotels that we didn't have reservations for. Okay, now, we had reservations for the hotel we were staying in, but these big, beautiful, expensive hotels, she wanted to go in and walk around. Well, you see, she has enough of a good self-image that that doesn't bother her, but I'm, I'm not quite there yet, okay? So I agreed to go with her, but I had that look on my face. You ever had that look on your face? I, I'm walking in with her. She's perfectly fine, but I've kind of got that look on my face like I don't belong here, okay? Y'all are old enough to remember Jethro Bodine? from the Beverly Hillbillies. You're old. You remember that, right? That's what I felt like, okay? And I'm kind of like in this big, fancy, expensive hotel. Now, she's fine, okay? She's fine, right? But I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't know if we belong here. Well, we're not 10 steps inside that place, and a guy points right at me. Yeah, have you ever had that done to you? He pointed right at me, and he said, sir, are you staying here? No. <laughs> right? I mean, and, I, and we had to leave. We got kicked out. Now, they let Vicky stay. They kicked me out. <clears throat> All right, what am I talking about? I'm talking about God notices you, but he notices you in a positive way. When you pray, God notices. When you give and you're generous, God notices when you worship, God takes notice. Your heavenly Father, the most important being in the universe, notices you. Isn't that amazing? All right, let me keep reading the story. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. It says, your gifts have been noticed by God. Verse 32. Now, send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Peter. He's staying at the home of Simon a Tanner, who lives by the seashore. So I sent for you at once, and it was good for you to come. Now we're all here waiting before God to hear the message that you've given us. Then Peter starts to preach the gospel. Listen to what he says. Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. All right? He thought, he thought it was just for them. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there's peace with God through Jesus Christ. How do you get peace with God? Through Jesus Christ. How do you get peace with God? Through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Then he goes all the way through here, all the way through these verses, and he preaches the gospel, and he talks about Jesus dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. He preaches to them. 
They're all in the house and they're all hearing the message. Now listen what happens. I'm going to drop down to verse 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles too or also. Now, can I just make this point one more time? And I know I've made it several times. The Jews thought it was just for them. But the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles and they found out it was for everybody. Listen, I know you know this. The gospel's for everybody. We've heard the gospel so much. I've heard it so much that we can kind of take it for granted. But there's nobody left out. There's nobody that can't have this. It's for whoever wants it, amen? See, on Wednesday night, we're preaching to the teenagers and they're hard-hearted, some of them. And you know what they say? I don't want that. I don't want no good news, right? I'm not interested in Jesus. I'm way more interested in what on my phone, right? And we're guilty too, right? I was at a men's retreat one time and the guy was preaching and the room was kind of dark and you could see the glow on all the men's faces as they were on their phones. Now, we're mad at teenagers for getting on their phones, but grown men were doing it, right? Okay, it's for everybody. Now, let me continue reading. It says the Jewish believers were amazed the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out. Verse 46, they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. They heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized? Now, he's talking about water baptism. Now that they've received the Holy Spirit just as we did. So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Now, here's what I want you to see as we conclude. He goes to Cornelius' house and he preaches the gospel. And as he preaches the gospel, the Holy Spirit falls on him. And they are filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. So they've received Jesus as your Savior. Remember, Cornelius is not a Christian. He receives Jesus as his Savior, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit and speaks in tongues at the same time. And then Peter says, hey, y'all want to go outside and get baptized? And they said, sure. So they all went outside somewhere and got baptized. We fill up a tank right out here in front of the church and do it. We've done it at uh, Cedar Canyon, right? So they got saved, they got spirit-filled and spoken tongues, and they got water baptized. You know what Cornelius said? Hey, can you hang out for a while? This is pretty good stuff. Right? Isn't that what he said? He said, uh, hey, can you stay for several more days? Here's what I want you to see. The gospel is for everybody. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter where they come from. It's for whoever wants it. Whoever will say yes. Cornelius said yes. Peter said yes to preach the gospel to them. And all of their lives were changed. And you know what they found out? They found out God was listening. They found out that God cared. Can I just tell you something? God's listening and he cares. I said God's listening and he cares. And when you talk to him, he takes notice. Hey, Dylan's talking to me. Hey, uh, Dylan gave him the offering. Hey, I noticed Dylan's worshiping me. He takes notice. And when he does, he moves in your life. Amen? Would you bow your head and let me pray for you? Father God, I want to thank you this morning. Lord, it so encourages me. It so stirs my heart to know that when we talk to you, you take notice and you receive it as an offering. Lord, when we're generous and we give, 
you take notice and you receive it as an offering. Lord, when we lift our hearts and our voices and we humble ourselves and praise you, you take notice and you receive it as an offering. Father, that so encourages me. It so strengthens me. Father God, I want every person in this room to be encouraged, to be strengthened. That this week we'll pray more, we'll give more, we'll praise more because we know that when we do, you receive it in heaven. God, as we go from this place, let us go strengthened. Let us go refreshed. Let us go encouraged. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Would y'all stand up?